Hi everyone, welcome to the Blue Ridge Church of Christ podcast. My name is Phil Brunt, and thank you so much for taking time from your day to be with us. Well, today we continue on our journey to learn the names of God and the so what. Today we're going to talk about God creating the whole world. So what? We'll get to talk more about that and what that should cause in us as we get started. Last week we talked about uh, Yahweh and the great I am, the meaning of that word, uh, uh, that term that we find throughout the Old Testament. And I ask that you just please bear with me as I continue to track through these different names that are used throughout Scripture. All these names are considered to describe the attributes of God, which is true. But these names, they do go back for centuries. Uh, so the opinions and thoughts research goes back a long, long ways, and there's enough information to make your head spin. So I try to present a name uh, of God in a way that we can do something with it. This isn't a, a history class. There's classes and, and uh, teachers for that, but this isn't one of them. We're not going to be tested on facts. The information that we have in God's Word should lead us to grow, and that's, that's my goal, is to help us to grow, to help us to see God in a bigger way, God's presence in our life in a bigger way, and to, and to help you to seek Him, help you to desire Him more than anything else. And so today I continue in that spirit uh, and I have a lot of Bible reading uh, today in this podcast and hopes that you and I can better hear God calling us. You know, in the sinful nature of you and I and all of mankind, uh, we naturally make us bigger and make God smaller. But today I want to help grow your view and my view of God by understanding him better and strengthening our hearts and our minds as well. Today we discuss the Hebrew term Elohim. Elohim the Creator. Elohim is used in the Bible and in the Old Testament over 2,500 times. And it's a more general term of God. We see it in our English Bibles written as God, capital G-O-D. But not every G-O-D is Elohim. Yahweh is a, a much more intimate term associated with the covenant uh, with the Israelites. And we find both of these terms together in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You must love the Lord your God with your whole mind, your whole being, and all your strength. I'll read that again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord... Yahweh is your God, Elohim. The Lord is one. You must love the Lord your God. Let me reread that. The Yahweh is our Elohim. The Yahweh is one. You must love the Yahweh, your Elohim, with all of your mind, your being, and all your strength. To the Israelites, Yahweh is the true Elohim. That makes sense. But there are not a bunch of Elohims to go worship. But there are other Elohims, uh, divine beings with lower G, that we'll see in the Old Testament. So again, Yahweh is a covenant name we see as Lord. It was a covenant name for the uh, Israelites. 
more intimate, more personal. Elohim is bigger, less intimate, but represents his power over creation and judgment over all things. So guess where we find the name of Elohim? If it's about creation, it is actually the fourth word of the Bible. You know, we're going to read Genesis chapter 1. It's very familiar. But as I read, I encourage you just to let it sink in. Maybe picture in your mind of what it must have been like, what it might have looked like to be able to see God create this, this, this world that we live in. Elohim, the creator. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without shape and empty. The darkness was over the surface of the watery deep. But the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, so God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning, marking the first day. God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water from the expanse from the water above it. It was so. God called the expanse sky. There was evening and there was morning, a second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. It was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. God said, let the land produce vegetation. Plants yielding seeds, trees on the land bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants yielding seeds according to their kinds, and the trees bearing fruit with seed in it and according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a third day. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be signs to indicate seasons and days and years. And let them serve as lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. It was so. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night. He made the stars also. God placed the lights in the expanse of the sky to shine on the earth. To preside over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness, God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. God created the great sea creatures and every living and moving thing with which the water swarmed according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the water in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, cattle, creeping things, and wild animals, each according to its kind. It was so. God made the wild animals according to their kind, the cattle according to their kinds, and all the creatures that creep along the ground according to their kinds. God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, after our likeness, so they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move on the earth. God created humankind in his own image. 
In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I now give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the entire earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the animals of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to all creatures that move on the ground, everything that has living breath in it, I give every green plant for food. It was so. God saw that all that he had made, it was very good. There was evening and there was morning, a sixth day. The heavens and earth were completed with everything that was in them. By the seventh day, God finished the work that he had been doing, and he ceased on the seventh day all of the work he had been doing. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he ceased all work that he had been doing in creation. Elohim is the creator of all things. All things, except Elohim, had a beginning. Uh, it's incredible to think about uh, his creation. Uh, it, just day after day of what that must have been like to see all of a sudden the birds flying in the air. I'm not sure why we need the creepy things along the ground, but God gave them to us and he saw that they were good, so we must need them for something. <laughs> but his creation, as incredible as it was, he just doesn't leave it go. I mean, it's not like a finished painting or a project that all of a sudden he called it done. I recently, uh, I do some woodworking as a hobby and recently finished a, a desk that I, that I use. And I finished it, put all the pieces together and, and put it right where it goes and I'm done. I don't have to do anything with it. The drawers pull in and out just fine. The legs hold the table up. It's, it works just fine. So it's done. I don't have to touch it. But with God's creation, he made it all to continue to work together. He made it all function together. If you can just kind of dwell in that for a moment. Elohim, God the creator of every tree, every blade of grass, the food you ate this morning, the food you'll eat tonight, God has made it all. Elohim is the creator of all things. But in having uh, the power over all creation, Elohim also represents justice. He also represents justice. In Psalm chapter 82, we see Elohim being used. Bear with me as I read Psalm 82. God stands in the assembly of El, in the midst of the gods, lower G. He renders judgment. He says, how long will you make unjust legal decisions and show favoritism to the wicked? Defend the cause of the poor and the fatherless. Vindicate the oppressed and suffering. Rescue the poor and needy. Deliver them from the power of the wicked. They neither know or understand. They stumble around in the dark while all the foundations of the earth crumble. I thought, you are gods, lower G. All of you are sons of the Most High. Yet you will die like mortals. You will fall like all other rulers. Rise up, O God, O Elohim, 
and execute judgment on the earth, for you own all of the nations. As we dwell on the thought of God as as the creator and having ultimate power and judgment, I, I hope this enlarges your view of God in a sea of gods. Now I'm guessing around your town where you live that there's not a bunch of idols, a bunch of statues where people go to worship, although there may be some. We don't have them around here in Charlottesville. But people prioritize other things in their lives before God all the time. I hope this helps us see God, as I said, in a bigger way to help prioritize our view of God over other things. We need to see God bigger than we see him, and that's for everyone. That is for everyone, wherever you think you're at. Expand your view. And I hope discussing the terms of Yahweh in the previous podcast and Elohim today will help. You might consider your place in this vast universe. We are very small. We are nothing. We are so small. I mean, the, the universe is just hard to comprehend. You know, you see pictures uh, sometimes from the James Webb Space Station. These beautiful, incredible pictures of celestial beings that are just so far away, you can't even comprehend. And compared to the farthest known planet, the farthest known solar system, which is so far away, I can't even comprehend how far that is. We are very small. You and I are nothing in comparison to this vast universe. But let's reverse that for today. Let's think about this. Instead of thinking how small we are compared to the universe, let's think about the bigness of God. God being more powerful. God having more authority. God having more love than we can imagine. You know, ordering this authority is important because the higher we think of ourselves and the lower of God, the more confusing our world gets. When stuff gets in the way of our view of God, they can move to a spot where it just surplants our view of God and they, in fact, can become gods. We've probably seen that. Maybe you've had this. Maybe I've, you know, other people have had it. But money can get in the way. Traditions can get in the way. Our own sinful nature can get in the way. They can become gods, lower G. The more gods, lower G, that we have in our lives, things that drive us, including ourselves, including our selfishness, including our money, including this, including that, at the exclusion of God, big G, the more perplexing things get. And that's when uh, political issues, modernism, postmodernism, sexuality, gender, other cultural topics, they become very ominous because we start to lose our view of God. Other things get in the way and block that view when we see ourselves as bigger and God smaller. And so thus the reason is super important to see God in a big way. And it's not to diminish the importance of some of these things. But it's been like this since the beginning of time. You look in the Old Testament. 
You find people getting caught up with one cultural issue after another cultural issue. You find that in the New Testament. And every century since then to now. You see, when God's authority becomes compromised or clouded, it leads to trouble. Which it makes sense. Imagine a young man that might work at a grocery store who stocks shelves and all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's got his own ideas. Well, the milk is in the back of the store, but it sure seems to me that the milk should go to the front of the store. And without asking his boss, without conferring some help, he just starts to move the milk section up to, you know, where the ice cream is. is. So the ice cream moves from the front, not to where the milk was, but in fact, he feels like that might be better over by the cold meat for some reason. Because the cold meat and especially the bacon, should be over by the eggs. And so without asking, imagine a a young employee at a grocery store starting to move stuff around. That's probably not going to go over so well. Or imagine a barista at a coffee shop all of a sudden deciding, you know what, I, I am sick of ordering cups and making sure we have cups for customers. I'm also tired of of just having these coffee grounds. From now on, my customers will need to bring their own cups and their own coffee beans. I am happy to make them a nice mocha with their coffee beans and their cup. That probably wouldn't work so well. When we lose respect for authority or our customers, it's all going to go bad. So just like that with God, when we think of God in the bigger and broader sense, with all power, with all authority, it helps us understand that, yes, in the end, he is the one that also provides justice. I don't know about for you, but for me, it helps me to reason or come to peace with myself and my thoughts about problems I see in the world that are out there. And there is no end to those. There is no end to the problems that I, that I see, whether locally or internationally or around the globe. There are always problems out there. But knowing that God will provide justice in the atrocities, in the injustice that's out there, that helps me come to peace. It also helps me in a very personal manner with my own heart, with my own self and the problems I have and the sinful nature that I own. And there's no end to those as well, it seems like. God is the creator. He provides justice. God is good. So what can we do with this? What can we take with us today with those, with those thoughts? Well, I'd like to look at Psalm chapter 96. And it's just an incredible psalm that I think gives us some great direction in light of God being a creator and providing justice. Follow with me as I read Psalm chapter 96. It says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Announce every day how he delivers. Tell the nations about his splendor. Tell all the nations 
about his amazing deeds. For the Lord is great and certainly worthy of praise. He is more awesome than all gods. For all the gods of the nations are worthless, but the Lord made the sky. Majestic splendor emanates from him. His sanctuary is firmly established and beautiful. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord splendor and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the splendor he deserves. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nation, the Lord reigns. The world is established. It cannot be moved. He judges the nations fairly. Let the sky rejoice. Let the earth be happy. Let the sea and everything in it shout. Let the fields and everything in them celebrate. Then let the trees of the forest shout for joy before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth, he judges the world fairly, and the nations in accordance with his justice. What should we do? What can we take with us today? What should we work on this week? Well, I want to encourage you to, one, sing to the Lord, like Psalm 96 says. Either literally or otherwise, let him, let him hear you sing your personal praises. Now, to do that, you have to recognize your personal praises. See what he has done for you. See what he has done around you. And then praise his name. Tell him. Sing to him. Praise the Lord. Number two, tell the nations. When was the last time that you talked to someone telling them about God? Are you missing out of that joy? Are you missing out of that opportunity? Is someone else missing out because you're holding back? Tell the nations about God. Number three, ascribe to the Lord. We need to fully buy into him and what his word teaches and what he has done for us through his son and then honor him with our lives. You know, we can't just half do that. You know, the barista can't just half uh, serve the coffee or half, you know what, we'll provide cups, but we're still not going to do the coffee. We're going to do the coffee, but you bring your own cup. That's not going to work. We can't half do this. It's like buying into half of what your boss says. Ascribe to the Lord and let's fully buy in to him and what his word teaches. Number four, let's worship the Lord with all reverence and all humility and let that show when we are in assembly in our small groups or in a Sunday morning as you worship God. I want to encourage you to reread Psalm chapter 96 this week and let it soak in. Let's let the true Elohim, the creator, the true Elohim who holds all judgment, let's let him guide our thoughts and your actions this week. I hope that was helpful, and if you liked it, would like to hear more, please don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're in the Charlottesville, Virginia area and would like to stop in and visit us at a Sunday service, please send us a note or visit our website at blueridgedisciples.org for more information.